Hello and welcome to another episode of Alcoholics with Terrain Myricks. I am Terrain Myricks. I am here with my esteemed guest, a features reporter for Lehigh Valley Live and the Express Times in Easton, a freelance freelance fact checker uh, for Neiman Reports and the uh, Boston Globe Magazine, and host of his own podcast, or co-host of his own podcast, uh, Bad Press, Andrew Durfler. Andrew, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for having me. You uh, you forgot to mention your cousin by marriage. <laughs> you are also you are also my cousin by marriage, which I should have put at the top. Um, I apologize for that. Two things. One, thank you for saying thank you. That doesn't fucking happen enough. <laughs> I've watched like, enough of these Sunday shows that uh, <laughs> just instinct, man. It's immediate. Um, um, let's talk about. So you did. You got married. I did, yeah. How was that? It was great. You were there. I so was you should there. be able to say that it was great. Right. It was great for you. <laughs> it was really hot for me. Yeah. I was sitting in a seat, and it was really hot, and you picked like a spot where it's like, hey, let's get the sun to beam down on terrain for a while. I wanted everyone to enjoy Pennsylvania's humid ass <laughs> in all its glory. So we picked the middle of July, yeah. stuck everyone, like crammed everybody into like some old hospital ruins. <laughs> And which which is like super cool. Like it was the the venue was beautiful. The venue was absolutely beautiful. Um, the whole ceremony was absolutely beautiful. Um, the one thing I want to talk about is the thing that I know that you've talked about this on other podcasts, but we haven't talked about it in this aspect, which is the perspective of myself. Which is <laughs> when did you have this wedding? In in July. Yeah. What, what was the thing oh, specifically? <laughs> I forgot that this was a uh, pet peeve for you. Yeah. Uh-huh. What was, was the a, date? That would have been July 14th. Right, July 14th. That was a weekend, right? It would have been the Saturday. Yeah, the Saturday. You know what's weird? <laughs> that would have been my birthday weekend, right? Because uh, my birthday is the 17th. I mean, so your birthday was on Tuesday. Right, cool. So there's right? a weekend So what you do falling. is the weekend closest to your birthday, you do that. Unless your cousin is getting married. <laughs> Unless, I guess. <laughs> So I was sitting there, I'm like, oh, well, someone will probably mention me at some point during this time. I'm like, like, yeah, I know this is about them, but like, it's my birthday weekend. So like, someone's going to say something super cool about me or someone's going to stop the whole ceremony and be like, you know what? We also just want to say like, really like, thank you to Terrain for coming for your birthday weekend. This is super cool. That didn't happen. Why? You, you were a late cut Um, because you know, you mentioned it was so hot. You wanted to get everyone inside in the air conditioning. There's no time for any more. There were a lot of speeches when I I remember a lot of speeches inside and none of them were about like me or like the sacrifices I was making. And (laughs) no, you know, I mean, we, we really thought about it. We, we yeah. thought about it over and over again, but we didn't pull everyone to see when everyone's birthday was. Ah, so. I mean, that's not the point. It's not everyone. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I just want to say, I wanna, I, that was literally, like, I think, uh, I the most beautiful wedding I've ever been to. It was, it was absolutely beautiful. That means Vows were beautiful. Uh, the venue was beautiful. You and your wife were adorable together. Thank you. Thank uh, the, you. You trying to get through your vows without crying, and you crying to her. Amazing to me. It was so sweet. It was adorable. Thank you. Um, really, could have been more mentions about me. Your, <laughs> well, your wedding a year and a half ago was very lovely as well. I appreciate that. Yeah, I Thank mean, you. Your, uh, Katrina's vows were incredible. Right. Your vows were... Off the cuff. Also there. <laughs> we're also there. Yeah, they happened. Yeah. You gave some vows. They were there. They were very heartfelt. Thank you. Yeah. Look, she likes spontaneity. Yeah. Um, so I really I really do thank you for being on. I do apologize if you get in trouble for any of the organizations that you work for, for, for being on this for being on this very small podcast. 
don't um, think it's going to be any any trouble. I, I you're like they don't listen to this. They don't listen to this, and they don't listen to my podcast, which uh, you should tell I'm them. Occasionally to start. worried about, but yeah, it's not. Uh, you should tell them to start. I listen to multiple episodes of your podcast. I enjoy your podcast very much. I do have some questions for some of the people on there. Sure. For example. Um, you have two black women on there, yeah. which is fucking awesome. But in your John McCain episode, when one of the, one of the women on there just did not like John McCain whatsoever, uh-huh. yeah. which was cool because you know he's not always the best. Mm-hmm. But neither of them, and I know we talked about this earlier, but I'm bringing it up now. Neither of them said like a, a criticism of him was he voted against MLK, MLK Day. But yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna give you the same response I gave before to defend myself. Is yeah. that I just left it? It's their territory, you right? Know, I didn't you wanna, left it out I didn't for wanna, them. I didn't want to infringe in that area. You so. left them that. You yeah. left them that home you run. Know, they didn't they, pick that up. You know, you left them that home run. Whatever. And they them. can come on this podcast anytime and defend the fact that they didn't defend MLK Day on the day. <laughs> um, so uh, I guess I want to start with. Uh, I want to start with um, what's been going on recently with the uh, president of the United States. Um, sure. Uh, the midterms are coming up, so the president is ginning up his uh, rhetoric um, regarding um, the border and try- essentially, I, I don't want to, but fear mongering. He's essentially fear mongering. There's a caravan of people coming up. I mean, they made their announcement pretty clear that they're coming up to seek asylum, but what the president heard was, or the, at least what the president is saying that he hears is, um, there are 10,000 illegals coming up to take your jobs and vote illegally. Um, uh, weird that he's using that as the boogeyman to uh, vote on an election. Uh, sorry, to u- use that as a boogeyman uh, for an election that's coming up on the 6th, which is on Tuesday, and they're a thousand miles away. <laughs> like, I don't think they'll make it fast enough to create Senator Bale. You know, they always say in that last a thousand miles you get energized though, and <laughs> yeah. you really can just like sp- that adrenaline kicks in and you can yeah. sprint the rest of the way. That's what it is. And you know who knows? I mean, why would he lie about that? I what don't know. possible reason could he have? I can't imagine why he would lie about that or anything else even though it shows that in fact, there was, I think there was a Washington Post article that was like, oh yeah, as the midterms got closer, he started lying more. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that he decided to do uh, uh, was come out and say that he was planning on using an executive order to uh, repeal a part of the Constitution um, that, institu- that uh, made birthright citizenship um, a thing. Mm-hmm. Birthright citizenship was originally, when it was in the Constitution, it was for... Um, uh, like uh, families of slaves, mm-hmm. essentially, like right, like people who were forced to come here and then they had children here. Um, they were forced to come here to work for free because they were slaves, um, and then they had children here. And we, they used the Fourteenth Amendment. They used that portion of the Fourteenth Amendment to uh, make it that they were nationalized citizens. They were citizens. They couldn't have that stripped away from them. The president of the United States is now saying he plans on removing that. Uh, one, he. Can't no. right <laughs> legally. Yeah. That's a that's a quagmire for him. Mm. He's not going to be able to legally do that. Am I am I wrong in thinking that? That's, no, that's it's been, I mean even among people who have, I think I saw that some of his own judicial nominees yeah. have in the past written about how it's just a non-starter for that to be changed right. without a constitutional amendment. Right. So it's I mean people who would typically be sympathetic to his hard line on immigration. Mm have in the past, like, said that this is just not something that you can just do away with. And 
it's difficult for constitutionalists, mm-hmm. like people who sure. are saying people who say that they're like, I'm for the president because mm-hmm. I, I love the constitution and, and I think that everything I'm trying to it's not a living document, it's a dead document, it's it's what it's written is what it is. And it's difficult for them to also like parse that line, like where it's like, I also um it's it's written but I like this guy, <laughs> so he said it, so that has to be a thing. Like, that doesn't, like, the, watching that, watching people try to, like, skirt that. I mean, it's not, it's, that's, having to skirt that is, a, is never, is, it isn't exactly a novel thing, you know? For any sort of person who considers themselves, like, a textualist or, like, a by-the-book person, you could even bring this into religion, you know, people yeah. who consider themselves, like, ter- interpreting the Bible literally. Right. There's always a few things where they're like, well, this doesn't quite track. Exactly. So how am I... Exactly. How so- am I skirting around this? It's only the things that, like, they rally around. It's, I mean, it's, it's, an, it's, a, it's an argument tactic, and it, it works for them in a lot of cases. It does. I think, I think the president has done a... Uh, <laughs> it's going to be weird saying this. I think the president has done a great job in... You know, frightening the frightening the voters of his base and saying like, these others are coming to make things terrible for you, like they are coming to make things difficult for you. They're going to take your jobs. They're going to um, they're going to occupy your space. Uh, and it's it's not like it's indicative to what he was when he ran. Right, he came down the golden el- golden escalator. <laughs> he's afraid of stairs. <laughs> Can't use those stairs. He came down the golden escalator and he's like, "Listen, Mexico is sending crime. They're sending rapists, and this has been his like go to from the beginning." So it makes sense that like in, a, in an important election for him, which is the midterms, which he doesn't want to lose power in either the House or the Senate. Uh, he's gonna use this to kind of like try to make sure he holds on to uh, to the realm of power that he has. He doesn't want a check, which Republicans have proven time and time again they will not be a check for the president. I, I think that's correct. My <laughs> do you have what do you think? Um, in, whether the Republicans will be a check for the president? <laughs> well, yeah. What, could you tell me all the times that Paul Ryan told the president, "No, that's not. We're not gonna do you that." You know. He didn't actually say no, but I remember him saying a lot of things negative about the president before he eventually uh, buckled can't. his knees. So, <laughs> see, I think I think that's yeah, that's the thing with Paul Ryan where he's like, oh no, that's not a go ahead and do that. <laughs> don't that's no, we don't agree with. Yeah, you can have that, dude. It's fine. Yeah, like that's what he's doing essentially now. Yeah. I mean, like, and I think that um, what um, so when Trump came out and said that he's going to end birthright citizenship mm-hmm. with an executive order, uh. Uh, Paul Ryan's like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't. That's not a thing. That's not one of the things that are in your power. And Trump was like, you need to focus on keeping a majority in the House. Yeah. Which is unlikely. And I think Trump just immediately, once once Paul Ryan said that, I think Trump found his scapegoat. Well, I think that the thing is, I mean, Trump, probably somebody has told him that this is a non-starter right. in terms of actual long-lasting policy, you know? But that is irrelevant to him. His goal here is just to rile up the base, which to him is the... It's what... Ignoring the sort of establishment Republican tactic and instead trying to rile up the base is what he perceives as carrying him to the White House. Yeah. It's what makes him feel good because when he says things that rile up the base in front of thousands of them... They chant. Yeah. It, it gives him a warm, fuzzy feeling inside. <laughs> it's the only solace he has in his day, mm-hmm. um, in his sad, dark days. So whether this is going to... I mean, whether this 
matters at all. He just wants to talk about it. He wants it to be a fight. It wants it, he wants it to be a thing that he can bring up at rallies. Do you think this is going to be like something that I know that they're doing it as like a as a way to gin up the base to make sure that their voters come out to vote because Democratic voters are excited for this election. Democratic voters are saying we are en masse ready to fucking take this house. Um, they're ready to take the Senate. They won't, but they're ready to. Um, <laughs> they sure want to. They, they really want to yeah. take it. Wouldn't that be but nice? But unfortunately, they don't live in the correct state. <laughs> so, like, they're they're absolutely ready to like, like do this. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this is going to translate into um, more Republican votes? I.e., um, like the Democrat, the, the uh, Republican president of the United States is saying, like, they're coming to take your jobs. They're coming to uh, fuck up this election for you. You need to go out and make sure that this doesn't happen. Do you think that this is going to be something that sways Republicans to step out? I'm hesitant to make predictions because oh no, no, so many of us were so wrong. Listen, for so listen. Long. On tw- in 2016, in 2016, I will say I will give this story. In 2016, I was certain, 100, percent that Hillary Clinton would win the presidential election. I will. I got drunk that night. I was drinking wine. In fact, I was drinking Pinot Grigio like I am tonight. And I said, I said, when when things started looking bad, I'm like, oh, don't worry, guys. As long as he doesn't win Wisconsin, no. Michigan, and Pennsylvania, we're fine. You're giving me like <laughs> Vietnam flashbacks right now. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And I was wrong then, and I might be wrong now, but I'm still okay with wildly speculating. <laughs> so I mean, I, I don't know if this would be this is going to be the issue that sort of gets like keeps the Republicans from substantial. Losses. I'm sure that it's riling some people up. I think if they hold on and don't get swept away this time, it's probably going to be more just about the strategic and timing aspects of like which states are up to vote, which right. seats are up, rather than any particular issue stemming the blue wave. Yeah, I think I think it's more about you know the the Democrats got some tough races in front of them in what typically would have been an opportune time for them to make some headway. Mm-hmm. So, right. Um, I, th- I think, I think that you're absolutely right. I think that certain races, uh, they're kind of like non-starters. Like, uh, for the, the Senate chances for the Dems are rough because they're up in a lot of seats that are really hard for Democrats to win. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not up for seats that are going to be like Democratic pickups. Right. Um, there are, that's hard. That's really hard. It's hard to pick up a Senate seat in, in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to pick up a Senate seat in Tennessee. Um, and it's sometimes... And in, and in the ones where it's easier, they're playing defense rather than right. possibly gaining a seat. Yeah, like Bill Nelson's just yeah. fighting for his life in Florida. Right. Um, Bill, Bill Nelson's fighting for his life in Florida. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bernie Sanders is going to be in close election. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> like, like, so, so it's it's really difficult for Democrats to take it this time. Right. So, so, and I know that this is I'm I'm predi- I'm prefacing something we're going to talk about later, but mm-hmm. Democrats are definitely losing the Senate. <laughs> like, sorry, not losing. Yeah, we're not going to have the majority of the yeah, Senate. I see it. Like we I still see don't. It. Um, but next time, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but so so. The president uh, fear-mongering and, like, just saying, like, these people are others and they're out to get you. By the way, well, before we keep going, I wanted to talk about your beer. <laughs> because because we... Uh, I wanted to start with it, but I completely forgot about it. I, wa- I was literally like, trying to make sure I got all your shit right. Sure. And now that I'm here, I'm like, let me talk about There's a few things we forgot to cover in the... 
on the top. What are the, what's, the, what's one thing you think we forgot on the top? Oh, well, you, you said it beforehand that you wanted to brag that I'm your first verified on Twitter guest. I did forget yeah. that! Ah, I think I think it would be uh, like remember like the euphoria I caught when I was thinking about your wedding and how awesome oh. it was. Literally just made me forget. You're my first verified Twitter guest, which I can attribute solely to no no degree of Twitter influence, but only for the fact that I work for a large media. Yeah, got it, got it. So I you're just, verified on Twitter. Yeah. I think I might hold the record for fewest followers for a person who's verified, for a person on, who's verified? on Twitter. Yeah. I'm gonna look that record. <laughs> Submit it to Guinness, man. I, Which, I, by the way, hey, Twitter, what's going on, Doug? I'm not verified, <laughs> and I have a mildly popular locally podcast. He has more followers than I do, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he, so, he, he texted me to complain about that when he found that out. I was that pretty is, fucking like, pissed. Yeah. <laughs> pretty yeah. angry. So, yeah, I have, I have that blue check solely by someone in my company sending out a mass email saying, Look, like, hey, if you want to get verified, just send me your Twitter handle. Listen, you and the new starting quarterback for the 49ers <laughs> have the same thing in common. We'll so, get him on the pod next. <laughs> I mean, if he's, yeah. Nick, what are you up to, dog? What are you doing, Nick Mullins? But I also wanted to talk about really quick, right, right. your beer, because uh, the name is phenomenal. Could you please say what the name is? I'm talking about the name of the specific beer. Yeah, uh, or the we could do the name of the beer and then the brewery. I'll do Give both. The... Okay, so the name of the beer is Hobo Life. <laughs> yep. And it is produced by Lord Hobo Brewing Company, <laughs> um, who I believe say they're from Woburn now, but they started in Cambridge. Um, I'm a fan because I, I used to live in, in Cambridge um, when I was going to school. That isn't me trying to subtly say I'm, I went to Harvard. I did not. I went to Emerson College. You, you didn't go to Harvard. You went to Harvard. <laughs> I went to Emerson College, which is for uh, like mostly people who didn't get into U- UCLA or NYU. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, but I, no, it was a very good school. Don't uh, worry, I went there. to <laughs> I went to Bloomsburg University, which is the school that people w- went to when they also got into Kutztown, but thought, eh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I loved Emerson anyway. But I lived in Cambridge, and uh, they Lord Hobo before it was a brewing company was a bar, the, one of the better beer bars in Cambridge, so really? they would frequent it. Um, and so they eventually started distributing beers throughout at least the Northeast. I don't know how far they go, but I see them. Around now. That's pretty cool. I always pick them up when I see them. I'm in. That's pretty cool. That's honestly pretty cool. So, yeah, I feel like I'm not drunk enough for this show. Would you like to go get. I'm just going to drink faster, but I. If you'd like, I can just pause it and I can make it. (laughs) Wait, I can pause it. We can make mixed drinks and we can get fucking down. I just. I mean, we. I've had two beers, but also we were playing games for like four and a half hours. We were playing games a lot. I was like taking it really easy. But I think think I'm going to pick up some steam. That's what I'm talking about. I, I do. Nervously drink on podcasts. <laughs> I'm a nervous sipper, so it, it, it hits harder. That's what I. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. I also nervously drink yeah. on podcasts. Um, I'm not sure if you've listened to any of my solo episodes. But they're, uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's just me. Oh, don't. It's just me <laughs> drinking and being sad and being like, "You guys need to fucking vote." <laughs> I don't think I'm ready for that level. No, of no, you yeah. don't. You're not. It's not fun. <laughs> when I'm when I'm with people, it's like, oh, this is super fun. Like, yeah. let's have a ball. Let's talk about some fun stuff. When I'm by myself, it's like, guys, we're in a fucking systemic nightmare. <laughs> I don't think we're ever gonna wake from. This. Because you have to when you're alone. You 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 use up the surface level steps so quick when you're right. alone, and you just have to follow those dark paths. Absolutely. Because that's what all that there is. Absolutely right. Um. So I did want to move on to um the way uh. 
in the way that so the president of the United States uses essentially the bully pulpit to uh, fearmonger about this and that. Mm-hmm. One of them right now being the uh, the people coming towards the United States seeking asylum, which mm-hmm. is legal. Right. But let's get and, you know actually I did want to I want to divert. I don't know if we talked we didn't talk about this. I want to divert about this real quick. Um. So the people coming towards the United States. Um, the president first said we're going to put 5,000 troops on the border mm-hmm. because that's definitely a regular response yeah. to mm-hmm. people seeking asylum is sure. to get 5,000 troops and put them on the border. Mm-hmm. He then upped it to 15,000, which is literally more people than are in uh, the it, it, <laughs> that are in Afghanistan right now, which is, you know, mm-hmm. super normal, not a crazy yeah. nuts thing to do. No. And then he also said... Um, uh, I, I'm trying to remember who it was specifically at first when they had said, uh, at this time, the we have no uh, intentions on shooting people that are coming toward the border. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to just say. That's <laughs> <laughs> a weird, weird call to just yeah. say that. Right. But then, I believe it was the President of the United States who was like, well, if they throw rocks, we're going to shoot at them. Yeah. We're going to shoot the rocks as firearms. That is, which some people I, felt compelled to clarify, isn't like in any sort of like rules of engagement anywhere. No, no. <laughs> um, weird thing about proportional response, <laughs> because that's what diplomatically we tend to yeah. try to use was proportional response. Mm-hmm. If something happens to us, we try to proportionally respond to the others. Mm-hmm. We don't try to go overboard. We don't try to go fucking ape shit on them. Um, this would be a war crime. To shoot, thousands, uh, however, thousands, however many thousands of migrants who are coming over to seek asylum, if they throw a rock, we're gonna shoot at them. That's a war crime. But it is such an extension of the logic that Republicans have in so many areas. I mean, if you think about like, it's like it's basically the oh they're no angel kind of mm-hmm. mentality, right? You know. If they throw a rock or do anything suggesting any degree, any sort of, degree of aggression, violence. right, then that means that they're not these saintly refugees seeking asylum. And that gives that cover they, for... Exactly. And they can point to that and be like, oh, then that justifies anything. Any response Because the troops and police are blameless if they are faced with any sort of... of adversity. Any, yeah. Exactly. Which, which is amazing. It's like the, the these people are given the responsibility of guarding our lives and protecting our lives. And if they make that step to take someone else's life, that should be scrutinized in every, in every step. And I say scrutinized in the sense that it should be thoroughly looked into. Not like we should, you know... It, if, if you do something in a negative capacity, it should be viewed as a negative thing. It's, it's like you said, the same with the police, where we, we find that, unfortunately, people, uh, unarmed people, usually unarmed people of color, mm-hmm. get, uh, have horrific consequences for just doing something that was perceived as negative by law enforcement, where that shouldn't be the case, because law enforcement should have the training to be able to uh, to to respond to the type of behavior that is happening. Yeah. Like, I, I've seen way too many stories where people of color are killed for little to no reason. Tamir Rice mm-hmm. in Ohio, who's just playing with a toy gun. Yeah. Whereas 
I've seen a lot of stories on the other coin, on the other side of the coin, where where people got away with the nonsense of their doing, which is you know sometimes sometimes horrific things that they're mm-hmm. doing, and sometimes it's just the like ridiculously like violent behavior that's like um, they're they're in that they're in that state where they're just kind of doing that behavior. And they're able to be talked down, and yeah. there's no issue there, and we can figure this out. And they tend to not be people of color. Yeah, uh, we just had a case in a couple months ago in the, in the Lehigh Valley, where outside of Dorney Park, there mm-hmm. there was a man who um, was behaving irrationally, kind of like walking along the roads, um, kind of getting in front of cars and things like that. Mm-hmm. And he, the a police officer, approached and shot him while he was completely showing no signs of um, any sort of deadly threat whatsoever. Right. And I think it is a shows, this is kind of a tangent, but it does show that there has been a little bit of a, a sea change in sort of talking about these issues that that officer was um, charged with sec- or, yeah. uh, voluntary manslaughter. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's, it's interesting that we're starting to scrutinize these things yeah. in a way that's bringing about some, some different results than you would have expected. The tide... The tide is turning. Yeah. It's just sad that people have to die for that to happen. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, this is a comedy podcast. <laughs> so, so I mean, if you have any jokes about this, I'd love Not to. Not that one. It's a little no. close to home. Yeah, that's rough. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, 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 it's, I do this all the time. Yeah. Where I'm like, anytime. I mean, we can't have a podcast about politics these days without going down some dark. Without roads. going down that dark road, because yeah. because unfortunately we're in a like. And, it, and when I say we're in, we've been in very dark times for a while. Uh, even, you know, with the previous president, the president before that, the president before that, we've been constantly doing this, mm-hmm. where we we see someone as other or we see someone as a threat, and it's it's a huge negative reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we there's no levity in stuff like no. that. Unfortunately, there's no levity in it. Um which, I mean, I, I do have jokes for this next topic. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> let's get into it. So I did want to talk about, uh, um, so the, uh, in, in, the, in the frame of the president, um, you know, using the bullet pulpit to uh, um, fear monger about uh, people or uh, about, like, people he sees as other. You're going to um, talk about how I'm the enemy of the people, aren't you? I'm, I didn't <laughs> want to talk about how you were the enemy of the people. Is that where you were going? Or? 100%. Thank you for, thank you for preempting me. Uh, why are you in the liberal liberal media uh, the enemy of the people? I know that you just want to undermine Trump, and you don't acknowledge any of his accomplishments, and you hate him. Why? Why? What? What's your problem you know, with him? He's just trying to make America great again. It's not even about him. We are actually just trying to make people's lives worse. We just right? want to li- lie to people <laughs> yeah. and yeah. Um, instill a sort of... Um, cover over their eyes into right. what's really going on. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, Trump gets a lot of the attention and everything, but really he's just a conduit he's, for our exactly. he's vast just, agenda. Right, right. He's a pawn in your game. I yeah, get it. Exactly. I'm like, so so I do think I do think that it's it's uh it's frightening the way that the President of the United States uses uh, uses his disdain of the media, which literally is the only reason he has notoriety in the fucking first place. He wouldn't have any notoriety if people didn't talk to him, if media figures didn't talk to him. Um, and honestly, <laughs> this is a criticism I have of media figures. <laughs> why the fuck 
were they talking to in the first place? He literally used he used fake names to get name recognition. Are you talking about like in the last couple of years or when he first when he first started? started? Yeah, I mean, well, also the last couple of years, but when he first started, like literally the last couple of years, he's literally been the guy who is like, I'm gonna run for president and then doesn't. Yeah. But before that, he was. Oh, I'm the guy who uses pseudonyms to tell stories about how I fuck famous people. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, when it... It's... It's tricky to get to the bottom of it, but... Is it? Well... <laughs> I mean, but there's it's a not certain, hard! It's, I'm lying! It's easy to look back on his early days gaming the media... And say, like, how did you let this happen? But the media is getting gamed in harmless ways all the time. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's so true. So this one just happened to turn out... A million pieces, Oprah. It happened to turn out really, really bad. Fact check a fucking book, Oprah. <laughs> Fact check a fucking book. But, yeah, I mean, I think that there are a lot of reporters out there who are just looking for someone who can, like, talk well to them and, like, build up their accomplishments. He can't talk well to no, he used to be able to. He was good at like pumping and puffing himself up, and like presenting this image of himself that was really attractive to like society reporters, like the kind of people who wrote about the people in town. Yeah. Um. So, you know, there are there are a lot of steps between that and now that oh, there's a lot of criticism warranted. But the kind of people who gave him the initial notoriety. I guess are not really equipped to um, stop the apocalypse. <laughs> Rough, <laughs> so, yeah. So Rough, but yeah. I don't know how much culpability they have, but see, I. But, but my thing is, my thing is, um, <laughs> and I, I do want to talk about like you know, I do want to talk about what he's done to endanger members of the media, which literally, I mean, he's put members of the media in danger. Uh, I think I think CNN daily he puts in danger, uh, saying. They're enemies of the people. They are peddling you lies. They're trying to hurt you. Um, we have the uh, we have the bombing suspect who sent bombs to was it like twelve prominent uh, members, uh, like either Democrats or um, you know Trump critics, and then CNN. Yeah. Um, where they sent bombs to them, and then we had the right wing at that point. We're like, I don't know who could have done this or what their motivation would be. Uh, Geraldo Rivera, quote, outsmarted himself, unquote, by saying maybe it's a maybe it's a vast right wing or vast conspiracy against the against the right. And the, I just that one for that one bothered me for this yeah. reason. Democrats aren't sending bombs to themselves because they don't want to die. <laughs> no one's yeah. like, man, I love Barack Obama enough that I might kill him in order yeah. to fuck with this president. I mean, it's the same thing as the Sandy Hook conspiracy. Yeah. Like, it, the payoff would be so unpredictable that even if you did do a false flag operation, <laughs> yeah. like, how do you know it's, anything's going to happen out no. of it? Sandy, well, Hook have... didn't, Sandy Hook didn't result in any, like, meaningful gun control. Unfortunately, so you're right. Was a, if it was a false flag, it was a shitty it one. It was the worst <laughs> fucking false False flag, just the worst. Like, there's no. Uh, that's what. That's what. I think. I think that's really. And I think that you touched on that. 
we need to get rid of like the idea that people are doing false flag operations to try to institute any sort of change. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Especially like I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's just so unpredictable that it doesn't make any it sense. It doesn't make any sense. We ha- well, it's it's unpredictable for partially because we have a, a section of people in the world that are going to be like, no, I don't believe it happened. And unfortunately, they're gaining more and more prominence every fucking day. Yeah. They're not going to say this was a thing that happened. No. So, so we're not doing it. Yeah. I mean, it does, I mean, it, this whole thing, your original point, you know, is about how it's he's endangering the media. No, we're gonna no, we're gonna get into that, but yeah. this is fucking yeah. nuts. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. You're good. No. Um, I, I mean, I just wanted to say from our own experience, you know, after the the shooting in Annapolis, we at our newsroom like had to have a bunch of meetings on how we were gonna improve security in our mm-hmm. in our building. Like we realized that it was there were vulnerabilities that we yeah. had to to address. Um, and it's been it's been a frightening thing to have to to think about because we have people come to our our door every day, sometimes irate to complain about either. Sometimes it's a story that portrayed them neg- negatively. Sometimes it's um, accusations of bias, and sometimes it's just because they don't like the way we throw things on our, on their lawn. <laughs> like, yeah. like literally, the paper is on their no, lawn. No, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Way. So I mean, and they they get really mad, and mm-hmm. you never know if somebody's gonna feel justified in doing something awful because of the way the this. Uh, industry is framed so and, often these days. And I think I think that it's I think that I get that one hundred percent. And then you look at the way that the top job in the in the country, the president of the United States, uh, speaks about the media and speaks about their their implicit bias against him. Mm-hmm. They're they are instinctively against Trump for whatever reason. Right. I mean, he kept kids in cages, and why aren't they telling good stories about that? Uh, like, he does this, and then he doesn't... I don't think he thinks of... And I'm I don't. I'm, I'm saying this as a person who isn't one to, like, defend Trump in any sort of manner. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he thinks at any point about what happens with, uh, with his rhetoric. Uh, I, I think that I think that he says the rhetoric because he believes this is what's going to advance my position um, going forward. Uh, this is what's going to make people adore me, love me, vote for me, keep me in power, let me have all this power. And then he doesn't think about the lives that it puts in danger. Or if he does, he doesn't care. And I, I like to try to think that he's not a callous bastard. Uh, but it's difficult. <laughs> it's difficult when it's hard to think that someone who's like, oh, listen, I know that it was Nazis versus not Nazis, but they're bad people on both sides. It's hard for me to like say, like, this person's not a, a callous fucking monster. I, I literally think he just doesn't think about it. I don't, I mean, but isn't that a form of callousness? Yes, it is. Not, it I is. Mean, so, I mean, I, I would agree with you insofar as I don't think he's trying to incite a, a shooting at C- CNN or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think that he has intentionally decided not to grapple with that, and that's its own version mm-hmm. of heartlessness. Yeah. Um, and I'm not even sure when it comes to the media complaints that it's even he even perceives it as an election strategy in the way that he um, sees it when it comes to 
um, to things like immigration. Like, I think he is very personally offended that he isn't getting his, his props from the Do you community. really? Absolutely, yeah. See, that's my thing. I don't think he is. I think he plays it up really hard. He plays but it I, up. I think that he's a narcissist who needs, like, he believes he he needs these accolades, but I think he knows he's not getting them in, in that aspect. Yeah. And I think he knows that the people who do love him love when he shits on those people. It's true. I mean, I think that he he knows for sure that it's useful to undermine an institution that has traditionally been a check on his office. Yeah. But I don't know if he would be so fixated on it if he wasn't a small narcissist, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. that feels very personally aggrieved by it. I, I think he likes for sure that it riles up his base. I like that he likes the feedback of getting it... Um, Getting that those cheers and those boos at CNN and yeah. everything like that, but I, I I don't know I think so much of what he does is often motivated by personal slights. I wanted to mention a specific moment. Um, so we know of the killing of um, Jamal Khashoggi, a Washington Post uh, reporter who was killed in the uh, Saudi uh, consulate in Turkey. Um, we... <laughs> this, this, to me, is just unbelievable. Uh, we have the President of the United States, who literally... This is not a hard move. <laughs> it's not hard. This isn't hard. I could do this, and I would be a terrible president. Well, I mean... Sorry, go ahead. I'll let you finish your, your thought. So, the President of the United States, obviously, he has um, dealings in the specific, uh, in this specific region, mm. so he's not quick to condemn anything that happens there. I get that. Um, it also, when this happened, it brought into question the way he treats media figures in the United States, mm. um, which I think is a very important, just a very important question that was brought up. Mm. Like, why is this something that happens, and why are we allowing it to happen? But, uh, we'll move on. He, uh, went to a campaign rally in Montana for a a Republican, uh, representative. Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's Montana. (laughs) That said, go John Tester, go John Tester. Um, so, Republican candidate, sorry, Republican, uh, representative in Montana, Greg Gianforte. Mm -hmm. He was elected after he had an altercation with a reporter and the reporter asked him questions he did not want to answer. Had the gall to ask about healthcare, I think it was. Oh yeah, it was gross. I can't believe he asked that fucking question. That's disgusting. So what happened was Gianforte body slammed the reporter, breaking his glasses Mm. and creating the saddest audio I've ever heard, which was... You broke my glasses. <laughs> Which is awful. Yeah. But it's like on the fucking Lord of the Flies or something yeah, like yeah, that. You got yeah, Biggie. Yeah, literally Biggie this fucking bully <laughs> just broke my yeah. fucking glasses. And Donald Trump went to a campaign rally after the death of a Washington Post reporter and had the gall to be like, yeah. you don't want to get body slammed by this guy. It, it is it. This to me is indicative of who he is. There is no humanity. 
his eyes are dead. There's nothing behind them. Yeah. There's nothing behind his eyes. It's just straight up deadness. He has he has what he wants, which is I want the power. I want to continue to gain stature, and I don't care what happens to anybody in my way. So yeah, you're right. It is callous. Yeah. <laughs> but like that to me is that to me is is a complete departure of what should be happening for a president of the United States when there is a journalist who was a U.S. resident killed. Like that that to me is crazy. What do you what what is your well, the one thing I was going to say when you talk about it being an easy move, like, it, I agree that it should be an easy move, but when it comes to um, American presidents dealing with anything that a Saudi government does, I'm not sure that they, any president has uh, no. demonstrated how easy it should be. Nope, nope, nope. Exactly. And I, I think I said this, I think I said this last podcast, I think it was the last podcast, yeah. where I'm like, where I'm like, you know, the, the, the Saudi government keeps doing these things, yeah. and... Every president, whether it's Trump, whether it's Obama, whether it's Bush, they keep letting them get away with it. And there needs to be a president that says, you know what? Uh, Fucking no. We're done. You can't keep doing this nonsense. But the problem is the Trump, uh, not not just the Trump presidency, but the Trump Mm -hmm. brand is financially tied partially to Saudi Arabia. So it's not like he can just he can just step up and say, he's out of out of the out of the presidents that have had a rough time of saying no this is nonsense he's gonna be the worst yeah absolutely he's, he's he's shown it just by how I don't know I mean like for eight years we heard Republicans crow about how weak Obama was on issues and wouldn't stand up for anything. Mm-hmm. And then for the last couple of weeks, we've just heard Trump go back and forth, of like, oh, this was such an awful thing, and then hiding back in his burrow when it came time to actually do anything about it. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it, it's, I don't know, I'm getting off on a, on a bit of a tangent here. but well, that, this, is, this is what <laughs> alcohol takes is all about, my friend. <laughs> But it's just, you drink and just scream. I about know stuff. you can't ever effectively do a, like by your logic ar- argument on Republicans because it's just whatever argument is convenient for, exactly, for yeah. them. But absolutely, it's just it's it's just baffling to see the arguments that they with so little base mm-hmm. basis through at Obama for eight years just be exemplified tenfold by the current president. Obama's a celebrity president. <laughs> yeah. We don't want one of those. No one's vetted Obama. <laughs> like, he golfs too much. He golfs too much. <laughs> Literally, you just see everything that they're saying. Yeah. It's like, hey. And then they try to turn it back the other way. They're like, well, why won't liberals love this guy? Well, because he keeps trying to strip rights from people unilaterally. <laughs> And we think that's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I'm like I think it's it's, it's not cool. Um, this uh, the I don't think that Obama put Fox News in danger. No. I think that Obama did on numerous times call out Fox for the way that they were reporting because mm-hmm. the way that they're reporting is just saying whatever. Yeah. Like they'll do a fucking full segment on the fact that. Uh, Santa is white. Santa's white. <laughs> Megan <laughs> Kelly. Uh, may her career rest yeah. in peace. <laughs> um, but yeah, they'll do a full segment on like they'll they'll do a full segment on the fact that the president of the United States wore a tan suit and right. that's gross and I can't believe that. Yeah. Also, terrorist fist jab. What's going on there? 
But what an era we lived through. But <laughs> terrorist fist jab. But <laughs> yo, that was fucking God nuts. Terrorist fist jab was crazy. But but when it comes to when it comes to the pre- the current president mm-hmm. of the United States and his capitulation with the Saudis on on Khashoggi mm-hmm. and the fact that Jared Kushner and uh, MBS <laughs> Mohammed bin Salam, which I know, Arista, shut the fuck up. Um, which they're in the same WhatsApp group. They're in a WhatsApp group together. <laughs> like that shit's we don't. That's not a, that's not a thing we need to talk about. Like Chris Wallace, no, he's was so on, cool. MBS is so cool. He's that's super he cool. He's us. super yeah. cool. He was on the cover of Time. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Next time. Um, <laughs> which is gonna we'll give me one second. We're gonna get to our next fucking topic. But like, like they. This is just the thing that happens, mm-hmm. and it's it's bonkers to me. It's absolutely bonkers when Chris Wallace is like, "Oh, well, I have a problem with the fact he was on um, um, Colbert. I watched this clip like uh, today. He was he had a problem with the fact that uh, that the Washington Post put in their headline about when they when they caught the suspect for the bombings. Uh, sorry, the uh, the person who sent the bombs. Like, mm-hmm. it's not they're not bombings because no bombs went off." Right. Uh, because he's not a good bomber, <laughs> um, but like when they this send is a new idea for a listicle, five shittiest bombers. <laughs> yeah, who that must be. Anyway, um, but he when he sent those, they he Chris Wallace, host of Fox News Sunday, had a huge pro- had a problem with Washington Post because they put in their headline that the that the bomber was a Trump fanatic. Well. He said that that's not important, and that's not something that needs to, like, that shouldn't be in the headline. It could be in in the article, but not in the headline. I think it needs to be in the fucking headline. I think that it should be in the headline when you talk, when you're talking about the president who is... Uh, okay with Nazis, some of them, because some of them are good people. <laughs> like when he's okay with attacks against media figures. Uh, when he's okay with demonizing uh, immigrant families. When he's okay with uh, calling out a POW, like John McCain saying, "I like people who haven't been captured." When he's okay with putting children in cages. This should be the guy that's called out. And if someone does something in his name, that should be in the headline. I think that's very important. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for affirming <laughs> yeah. my beliefs. No, I just was in awe of your, uh, your uh, rant. <laughs> no, that's what happens. I'm so sorry. No, it's Sometimes okay. what happens is I get really upset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and There's then I... reason to be. Literally, honestly, like... It, my solo episode, <laughs> uh, it's just, I get upset and there's no one around to check me. Yeah, I feel like I got a glimpse <laughs> of it right there. I was like, okay, so this is what this was doing. This is oh, like, yeah. yeah. I don't want to do that. That's sad. But, you know, it's 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 kind of remarkable that he's turned the fact that, you know, he told so many lies, said so many outlandish things, mm-hmm. and did so many things to... Um, that were considered beyond the pale mm-hmm. and that were thus reported by the media mm-hmm. has turned the fact that he is a uniquely awful figure in our um, political landscape mm-hmm. into not the fact that he is uniquely awful, but that there must be a conspiracy against him by the media. There <laughs> has like, it's the only reason no they would be reporting about all these terrible the shit only, things he does. I mean, like, listen, all he does is say exactly how he feels out loud. 
There needs, there has to be some sort of issue with that. Like, it's not him, it's us. <laughs> We're doing it. Yeah. Because yeah. we keep saying, like, the things he says. Yeah. That's There's got to be something about him that just, you know, gets under the media's skin. It's not because we're just reporting the shit that he says. I don't know does. what it is. I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know when, um, when Katie Turry, uh, okay, sorry, Katie Turr from, yeah. M- from NBC, when she had the issue where, uh, someone threatened her life and said that they hope she gets raped. Yeah. Like, it's got to be something she said. I feel like it's gotta be something <laughs> she said. It couldn't have been him. Yeah. It couldn't have no been way. him egging on people no, to threaten so. journalists who don't agree with Trump or don't constantly like Tucker never Tucker Carlson never gets threatened. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Tucker Carlson doesn't, Sean Hannity doesn't. What are they doing differently? They're just being journal questions. The media should be getting to the bottom of that. Why aren't they? Why aren't they? Getting That's what they should be spending their reporting time on. I did want to move on sure, uh, real please. quick to yeah. I did want to move to uh, to like uh, just the media in mm-hmm. in we are in election season. Yeah, uh, the media is uh, straight up on those horse races. Oh yeah, that's what they do. Uh, that's what. Sorry, my bad. Um, you're, you have a job in the media. That's what you do. That's <laughs> what I do. Yeah. It's what you do. I should clarify for everything I've said here. I am not a uh, political reporter by any stretch of the imagination. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all the only reason I had you on. <laughs> okay. Well, are you not a political expert? <laughs> are you not? Uh, do you want to talk about succession? <laughs> no, continue. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. No, no, no. no. I was to say that. <laughs> Because I don't know, uh, I don't know shit about succession. Horse races, horse races. Gotcha. No, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so uh, the media loves to talk about horse races. Yeah. Sorry, you love to talk about horse races. Um, who's who's up and who's down? Yeah, uh, they're close. Let's keep doing. Can we? What is going on with the media? Because they keep doing this, and I know that Donald Trump hates he quote unquote hates the media even though that's why he's there it's yeah. because they wall to wall covered every one of his fucking campaigns or sorry every one of his fucking rallies yeah. even though they were not newsworthy and we were missing out on a lot of news and that's just what happens um but that's that that's what they've been kind of doing that's their kind of like their shtick right where they're like this is what gives us clicks this is what gives us uh viewers this is what uh, gives us life, and I think there needs to be something else. Um, I, unfortunately, we don't have a, a the, the free media that we used to have, where um, you know there, it was just the news that was reported, and uh, you know we had we, it, was, it wasn't advertiser based. Now that like now, it's been advertiser based for a very long time, but before it was advertiser based, it wasn't this. I, I, weird is the only word to use. What are you thinking of? Like, when was it normal to you? I don't know. I think. I think. I think. I know that Cronkite used to like, used to use like he used to do fluff pieces so that he can go after you know like really dangerous people. Um, was it Cronkite? I th- no, it was Murrow. Murrow. Mm-hmm. Murrow used to use like fluff pieces. He used to get fluff. He used to do fluff pieces because he knew that he could also go after McCarthy. 
Um, so he could he can use the platform to shine a light on what's going on with McCarthy. I'd say before, like when media, when 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 um, we had like we had media established that was, you know, just straight news. Uh, I, I don't remember when. I wish I had a year. I wish I had a year. I wish I had a year because I, I know I know that this existed, but there's no. I don't have a year. You know, I mean, I don't want to like get too much in like the history of media, but I, I know. Mean, please so do. The, Honestly, that's exactly what I'd like. The like mid twentieth century up to like the internet boom was a pretty rare time in um, in media's history where the advent of mass media in terms of like national newspapers, TV news, was trying to instill this idea of objectivity because they were trying to reach as many people as possible. Yeah. Before that, before mass media was a thing, the vast majority of papers were driven ideologically. Um, and I think we're, we're starting to see how rare that and how much of an exception that mid-20th, late-20th century mm. model was and how it was it existed mainly because the model was to just get to everyone mm. rather than you know appeal to this this demographic mm. with what the, from so this is where this whole view from nowhere came from i think we're starting to see with so many new publications on the internet with different models and different perspectives you know a, a, a next chapter that isn't necessarily this is not necessarily in the grand scheme of media the Divergence. The, the the old the previous mode was the was sort of the exception. I don't know if that speaks to what you were. I thought you were going to say old media, which <laughs> I loved. I thought you were like old media. We're new media, baby. <laughs> we're on those websites, dog. I mean, I technically still work for a newspaper organization. Yeah, so you're, you're, yeah. You actually you you dabble you dabble in the realm of old media and new media. Yeah, it's true. So I don't know. I don't know. That was a little bit of. I, I, I just I'm not sure what you're saying. I think that I think that advertise I think that advertisement. But did Cronkite not have advertisers? I, I mean, think he, was he on did. He <laughs> also smoked on air, and I disagree with that. <laughs> I, I I I really I just I feel like um I feel like media in in modern times tends to not they tend to follow what they want the story to be rather than what the story is. And and I mean this is probably anybody, but it's it's they they follow uh, what is going to get them the most uh, highlights, clicks, um, views. I, I'm trying to like you know ge- just generalize that term, yeah. Um, rather than what actually is happening, um, which is which to me is is very detrimental to. Uh, Public society, public society. I think yeah. the I think the most important thing in society is an informed electorate, mm-hmm. and I feel like we don't get that constantly because we we use what we have established to get how do I put this to get uh, viewership. Rather than to get like BuzzFeed has like a legitimate like news arm, mm-hmm. but but if you go on BuzzFeed and s- cycle through their news, mm-hmm. I'm using quotes. Right. Um, you'll get 
you know, Trump's response to Khashoggi's assassination. Seven things about fall that'll make you feel great. But isn't that what you're, you were describing with Cronkite? Like, doing the same exact thing. Yes, but like they have the, the four... One subsidizing they the have... I, I did this yeah. today. They <laughs> have so many of them in between mm-hmm. that you quit. That I quit. Yeah. I, with, with BuzzFeed... Uh, man, I guess BuzzFeed's not going to be a sponsor. <laughs> but with BuzzFeed, I quit. I can't, like, I can't sit and cycle through all that nonsense sure. before I get to the actual shit that they're talking about. Well, then you don't read BuzzFeed. I mean, I, I don't want to defend BuzzFeed. There's a lot of bullshit, and there's a lot of ways that BuzzFeed has changed the media around. Tell and... me six ways. Is the fourth <laughs> way going to surprise me? Um, but I guarantee you that every serious news organization is having this, this conversation mm-hmm. because they need those clicks and they need those eyeballs yeah. to survive. It's... It's unfortunate. And I get that. To be, That's 100% so, true. And it, and it does produce a lot of things that, you know, are not, in terms of informing the electorate, not necessarily always the best use of... Not necessarily or just not. Not. <laughs> like, uh, like, I... I can see if there was like a story that was like this might not matter, but it might matter. There, I just am constantly saying shit that just doesn't matter. And yeah, we look at the 2016 election cycle. Donald Trump, he he literally was the story. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump shouldn't have been the Republican nominee. Donald Trump shouldn't have been the president. But Donald Trump had the star power for some fucking reason. I don't get it. He was the host of The Apprentice, a show I never watched. I just, or, or, and Celebrity Apprentice. I don't know if it's like just me that didn't care to watch him fire meatloaf. I don't, I don't know what it was. But like, he had that, like, he had that angle. So media outlets, including, and this isn't just like, this isn't just Fox, mm-hmm. which I think, <laughs> I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I think, a lot of people, including myself, agree that they are a goddamn garbage organization. <laughs> um, like, they put wall-to-wall coverage of what he had going on. CNN literally is trying to, like, course-correct themselves by having a lot of people criticize the president when really they're part of the reason the president is here today. Like, they had this. They, they used their, their platform to be like, let's, wa- let's all watch this because it's going to get us views. And then when people viewed it and went, I love what he's saying, even though he keeps saying a billion things that, I mean, he doesn't believe. Like, they used that. And, 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 and when he became president, they're like, oh. Well, we need to make sure we have an uh, informed. Uh, we have to make sure we have an informed media, an informed electorate that doesn't let things like this happen. They did this. I, I do. I do believe that Donald Trump is the media president. Like he's the president that that what is what happens when media is not checked and in, in what that's what's going on there. They're the fourth estate, mm-hmm. and they didn't use that. Yeah, I mean, I think that. The media absolutely is was instrumental in Trump's president in Trump in Trump's rise his rise and becoming president um, of the former United States the former United States yeah. <laughs> um, in they are absolutely culpable in in a lot of the things that have that have happened um, it's there there are a lot of 
things that are that were easy. They shouldn't have sh- shown campaign rallies. Where he's not saying anything. Where he's not saying anything. Besides the things he said in his previous rally. They shouldn't have. They should have been much more conscientious of like framing the things he said from the beginning in terms of like why it's not true. But but at yeah. the same time, I mean, I think that a lot of people take this sort of absolutist tack where they they suggest that it should have been easy for the media to just like tune him out or just like if they just ignored him he he would have gone away. I don't think he should be ignored because it's a story. And that's what I'm, I'm saying yeah. is that like it's it, Sorry, it, there's a fault. lot of um there's a lot of stuff that like big mistakes that happened over the the 2016 election that have continued. Sure. Um but I think that it's a lot in going back to the just these media organizations su- surviving. It's 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 a question that every serious news organization is working with is how do we present the things that matter in a way that's going to be interesting and how do we present the things that are interesting in a way that's uh, effective and not total bullshit. So it's it, it, it's a conversation that people are having and they're failing a lot at it, mm-hmm. but it is a really brand new media landscape after things were boring for a couple decades in terms of like, this was the news, they were where you got the news, you yeah. could, they were comfortable. Yeah. Um, so now it's just, you know, there's a lot of chickens running around with their heads cut off trying to figure out how to even survive. And then along comes this thing that is absolutely a boon for their their revenue and they have to grapple with the the effects of how this could impact the fucking country. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, so that's it's the, like... Yeah. And I, I know that I, this, is, this is me being a bullshit idealist. Mm-hmm. It's I'm a bullshit idealist. Yeah. But, but that should be... Question one. Yeah. For a media organization, yeah. number one should be, is this going to help the electorate? I watch, I think, I think what happened is I watched too much of the newsroom. <laughs> <laughs> so Aaron yeah. Sorkin taught me, yeah. <laughs> Aaron Sorkin taught me that the main question is, is this going to be a helpful thing for the electorate to learn? When do they need to learn it? Do they need to learn it now? How can we deliver it to them in a non-biased way? Yeah, I mean, you can't... The, the thing is, these days, you just can't... You have to have that frame in, in mind of the, the most important stuff for the electorate to know. But it's not a strategy to, to survive. In, I mean, like, no, not as a yeah. not as a news organization. Yeah, so we, no, we, you're gonna, you're gonna I mean. right, but th- yes, and, that, and that's my problem. I think I think that <laughs> what I'm saying <laughs> is Alcoholics is a pro-nationalized <laughs> media organization. <laughs> wait, 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 no. <laughs> like I, I do, I would like to know how there's a possibility that we can get a a media that literally just covers stories that are important for the electorate to know. Without throwing in like things that are obvious, like obviously pro whatever, what have you. Like I know that people say that you know MSNBC, MSNBC and Fox are the same. They're not, um, but people said they are uh, because MSNBC is like, hey Hugh Hewitt, you have a job. And they're like, Joe Scarborough, they're like, like, Joe Scarborough, remember yeah. you? Yeah, you're a Republican congressman from Florida, right? Get on the fucking TV. They're like, hey. Don't. Well, like, I, I just, I just, I can't, I understand that, like, people pick what they think is right, right? People pick their media. Mm-hmm. People pick their, pick their reality, essentially. And, honestly, we live in an age where we're allowed to pick our reality. Mm-hmm. 
So people who feel that they've been wronged by um, the government because minorities are taking over and they feel like their voice is silenced, they pick Fox. And people who feel like uh, the right is going running amok and uh, we just we, we need to get back to, you know, like liberal strong liberal they pick they pick well they used to pick msnbc but then they hired hugh hewitt and (laughs) i i just feel like i feel like there's a i feel like we need like that i don't want to say center because i'm not a i'm a i'm a person i've said numerous times i'm a liberal but i feel like there needs to be that like unbiased just here's the story what do you think? I mean, those things are out there. They, but they. I mean, we're talking about this. Where? I, well, hold on. I, I was no, talking about these things. Give that, me some. Give me some sites. Let, let's want to I mean, know. Like, just want, They don't get attention. They're not big because I know about PBS NewsHour. PBS NewsHour. PBS NewsHour News Hour doesn't get shit. You're right. Yeah, and then, but they, you're right. they're just they're just telling the news because PBS and, is public broadcasting. Well, and, but there are other examples. I mean, there are small papers throughout NPR, the country. NPR yeah. also public. Yeah. So there are examples of this, but they're not the ones that have the influence and, because they're not the ones that are grabbing the eyeballs. So and the, I mean, you can't just expect the one that follows this idealistic, right. centrist, or totally objective way to gain the influence because it, we've it's shown that it hasn't happened. And I also would like, I also would like, along with that, because I, I do, I do agree. I agree. There, it's hard for that. Mm-hmm. I would like when people would just openly say, "Here's what I am." Like once again, I know that I am a, I know that I'm a, uh, <laughs> I'm a newsroom <laughs> utopianist. Yeah. Uh, I would like for someone to say, "Here is what I believe." Mm-hmm. Up front, I will tell you, these are the things I believe in. Now, let me give you the news. I'll give you this uh, story. I'll give you this uh, belief I have, and then you can follow it or not. But here's what's going on with me. I don't think there's enough of that at all. Like, I know that Fox, I think they stopped with their fair and balanced fucking uh, slogan that they had, which was nonsense in the beginning, because it's not fair and balanced. It's, hey guys, we're doing wall-to-wall right-wing nonsense, except for at four, because Shep Smith is on. (laughs) Like, like that's what's happening with them. And MSNBC is like, yeah. And I think MSNBC does a good job, because they literally say, like, like they say, they, the the liberals say that they're liberals. Mm-hmm. Maddo says that she's a liberal. O'Donnell said he's a liberal. He wrote for the West Wing. I love Sorkin. Um, uh, Chris Hayes says that, like, like they they just say these things, and I think that no, I don't think that organizations say that stuff. Yeah, I mean, but it's 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 what you're describing is easier said than done because for them it works because they're talking heads. They, it's it, the shows are built around their point of view, but there's a whole model of media that isn't built around a point of view. It strives in its in its methods to be objective. If you look at what the, the vast majority of the reporters at the Times or the Post are doing, sometimes to a fault, they're bending over backwards to obscure their own. Biases. That's a problem, it, and it's it's a problem. But at the same time, there is a value in a media that isn't like explicitly saying like this is where my perspective is because you don't if you put in the effort to um go about your your methods in a way that are considering all the the facts and issues you don't want to preempt yourself you don't want to turn people off 
off the bat if you feel like yeah. you're giving this a measured and um, fair take. Yeah, I, that isn't supposed to be a defense of like both sidesism. I don't think it or is. a defense of suggesting that saying the two like that or like false equivalencies. I get, but it saying. is yeah. it is suggesting what I am trying to say is there's a value to a media that you know it in its purpose is trying to take the reporter's biases out of the equation. And I, I, I think that there are different there are different models. You know, I think there's a lot of good reporting being done also by people who are explicit about their their views off I the agree. bat. I agree. So I, I Sean Hannity's doing great. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? Uh, yeah, I mean it, it doesn't happen so much with the conservatives. I'm kidding. It, it really is true. I mean like Tucker Carlson started the Daily Caller initially because he thought that there was a, there was a space in the media for conservatives doing real reporting. When did when did he stop that? Almost immediately. Because, <laughs> because, because I, I've seen no, I've seen pieces from the Daily no Caller. Audience for it. No, the Daily Caller has become the like the farthest of the far. Well, it, well, it was it was Breitbart before you mm-hmm. know like it, Breitbart's big. Right. But uh, yeah, but uh, th- he started it with that idea in mind because he thought there was a niche that wasn't being fulfilled, and then he just realized, oh, that that reporting very rarely supports the things I actually want to advocate for. Yeah, and there isn't an audience for it. It's the old Stephen Colbert thing that yeah. reality has a well-known liberal bias. It does. He found I, that firsthand. I think that's one hundred percent true. I think that is absolutely true, and I I, I do I do I do love the. First of all, the fact that the Daily Caller was mentioned in this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that then Breitbart is immediately then mentioned on this podcast. I try Sorry, to... these banned words on your... Yeah, they're actually... Uh, they're, they're he who must not be named. Um, yeah, we can go and bleep it out. Yeah, yeah. I'll go ahead and I'll, buy, I'll pop back in. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, uh, no they, these like these organizations that they, they do that. And I'll say this with like uh, with liberal organizations. There's like this one site, like Raw Story. Mm. Uh, it's a it's a liberal blog. Mm. And honestly, when I look at it, sometimes I'm like, Jesus, stop! Yeah, you're you're doing the things that I say the other side does, mm. but you're doing them for me, and it's not helpful. I agree with you. Like, yeah, I, like yeah. I literally look at I look at I look at liberal sites, and I'm like, this is not helpful. For the electorate, stop it. Yeah. I think the the like Trump has broken liberals' brains in <laughs> such a way that they're they are freshly susceptible to uh, grifts in a way that um, they weren't as much as conservatives before. Like they, in terms of media grifts, I'm not saying that liberals never got scammed by uh, email scam or whatever. Like, but right. like in terms, a lot of, of liberals like, love verbal life. Yeah. But there was a lot of, there was like so much legitimate, serious media that was fulfilling the needs for, um, for liberals that they never had to look to the grifts mm-hmm. for comfort and for sustenance and to, for reassurance that their view, viewpoint was right. But Trump has so destroyed their brains, so even undermined their own trust in a lot of cases of like big organizations like the Times and the, the Post or CNN yeah. That because they see them as culpable in bringing down Hillary Clinton as well. Um, I sure do. Yeah, it's, it's a fair point. Um, that they are now also you, James, James, tell me where are you at? <laughs> but they are now freshly like reaching for these things that are trying to like appeal to their base instincts in a way that they weren't always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
I just think I think that our media can do a lot better. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were gonna have a fight about yeah. that. No, I think I think that our media can do a lot better, and I think that I think that I mean I think I did in that take which we talked about. I think I did multiple like differences of what I think our media can be. Where it's like, why aren't they centrist? Well, why don't they just tell us where we are? Yeah, you you proposed a different uh, a few different models there, but I think I think that both of those models are fucking important. <laughs> But the problem is, there's no funding behind either of them. And I get what you're saying. There's no, you're not going to have a, um, a completely unbiased media that just says what, you know, is happening and lets the electorate pick. And then you're not going to have one that won't kind of underhandedly give you ideas. Yeah. So it's important for people in my opinion, to, to fact check about what is actually happening. There are, um either A, independent, or B, reputable fact-check places where they can look up, here's what ha- here's what someone said happened, did this happen, did it happen in the way that they said it happened? Mm-hmm. And I think that's super important for, for people to actually take the time to look at, you know, what they said. For example, <laughs> um, Hillary Clinton went on TV. <laughs> She went on TV recently. She did this super fun thing where um, someone had asked her a question about um, what a person said about um, when you when we go high. Sorry, when they go low, we kick them. Yeah, uh, it'd been Eric Holder. You you and I know that it was Eric. Holder. Oh, sorry. You and I know that it was Eric Holder. <laughs> the person that was interviewing thought it might be Cory Booker. Oh, okay. <laughs> so she. So the person that was interviewing them said, oh, hey, Cory Booker said this. <laughs> and um, so Hillary Clinton, you know, in her uh, desperate attempts to be, you know, personable, said, oh, and I hate, I hate this. She's like, oh, yeah. She, when they said that Eric Holder, uh, sorry, Cory Booker said that, she's like, it was actually Eric Holder. <laughs> and then she said, I know they all look alike. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rough, right? Yeah, not the Rough. first time she's had a thing in her in her appearances where no. she uncomfortably decided to use a super fun, yeah, great, great joke, joke that, yeah. super super great joke that went over everybody's head. I, I guess agree. it was technically De Blasio, the one I'm thinking of. Oh yeah, the yeah. CPT. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was at an event for her. So. Yeah, it was, a, it was an event for her. I think I think that one was scripted. Yeah, oh, and, yeah, definitely. And was. it still didn't. Sound good. <laughs> also. While I'm here, I just want to take a uh, stop and do a quick segment called "Hey Hillary, stop it." Um, <laughs> hey, Hill, it's me, Terrain. Uh, voted for you in the primary. Voted for you in the election. I'm sorry, in the general. Uh, stop making black people jokes. Stop. Stop it. We don't want you to do that anymore. Want to know why? It's not working. You're not coming off as a human. You're coming off. As a crazy racist robot, and we can't have that anymore. So stop it. All right, <laughs> we're gonna move on to our next topic. Oh, Wait, you were going somewhere before. There was like, dude, I don't even know. Moving towards. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Literally, none okay. of it matters. It never matters. Yeah. I have this podcast. It's fun. We don't worry about if I'm moving towards a topic or not. Um. I wanted to talk about, uh, you sent me some awesome right. articles, yeah. uh, one of which I read partially, <laughs> because I'd already read partial, some of it before, mm-hmm. and it pissed me the fuck off. <laughs> and then we're going to talk about the other, we're going to talk about, first we're going to talk about the one you sent me that I did read. Okay. Um, 
you regarding voter suppression. Mm. Do you want to set it up? So yeah, um, there was an op-ed in the New York Times recently by, I believe it was Josie Duffy Rice, um, and it was about the ways in which um, people are prosecuting people, mostly black people, across the country for minor offenses. I hesitate to even call them offenses, um, but when it comes to assisting people with voting in yeah. ways that they, the authorities have deemed um, illegitimate or illegal. Yeah. Um, and it was making the point that basically in these cases, um, the, <laughs> the goal is to um, create the perception that voting is something risky in these populations. Yeah. That they want black people to think voting is something that isn't carrying with it, like, a danger. If I do yeah. this, there's a possibility yeah. that I'm going to get in a significant amount of trouble. Right. And so some of the cases that they that they gave was a um, woman um, carrying already sealed ballots to a mailbox. Uh, there was a woman who was a vo- volunteer, and she was, uh, there was a first-time voter who didn't know how to use the machines. Um, the woman helped her out, just showed her how to do it. Never said that um, who she should vote for, told her to pick her own choices and everything like that. Right. But because the first-time voter wasn't um, disabled, didn't have a disability, that uh, this was um, untoward. Um, what were some of the other examples i mean those two are should be enough to show See, you yeah no they're that's enough to show <laughs> yeah. like and I, I do i do love that it started the article uh immediately started it was like hey by the way brian kemp is the secretary yeah. of state of georgia um who he is also the candidate for governor in georgia mm-hmm. um which my literal first question is hey why is brian kemp still the secretary of state of georgia <laughs> What well, shouldn't that be? I, to me, that should be a an, an immediate like I'm resigning because I'm running for the for for the governorship of the state. I should not be in this position because I count the fucking votes. <laughs> that should be a thing that doesn't happen. Yeah, like that's sorry. <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, he and so he is at the forefront of these sort this sort of conspiracy that there is widespread voter fraud mm-hmm. which all evidence has shown is just has never been established this is a this is another fashion. this is another right-wing myth i i hate to i because right wing loves this podcast and they <laughs> they tune in every week yeah. but let me tell you i hate something. to insult them when they i hate to, i hate yeah. to make you guys feel bad it's not true there's no, there's no huge swath of voter fraud. That doesn't happen. And you should, if you need any evidence, you should just be looking at the petty shit they're focusing on. Right. If they have to focus on that petty shit, like why? <laughs> yeah, like why? Like why? Like why? There's no reason. Hey, by the way, if you think we could import and pretend that a like, however, what what is the president said three million votes were cast illegally. If we could do that, we would win shit. Yeah. <laughs> we, we wouldn't have the president in the office right now. HRC would be in the office. She'd be killing it right now. Doing, you know, HRC stuff. Like, 
pretending to be a human. (laughs) (laughs) I voted for her. I should probably stop doing that. Um, But but you gotta be fair and balanced. I'm super fair and balanced. She's not. (laughs) Trump is a monster. Hillary's a robot. This is how you both sides. Yes, I agree. That's how I both sides think. I think that Trump is a robot and Hillary Clinton does not know what human emotions are. Or at least can't, can't convey them to other people. Yeah. I think that that's yeah. There's some sort of like gap in the like thought. She's like, I know what human emotions (laughs) are, but how do I tell him I'm sad? Do I? What's the? How would I get that leaky shit coming out of my eyes? Like that's she never figured it out. She did not figure that out. Um, but but uh, that so so we have we have um those efforts literally Mm -hmm. discouraging people from voting by uh by prosecuting them for. Incredibly petty shit. Mm-hmm. Incredibly petty shit. We have uh, in North Dakota uh, stopping people from voting by saying they have to have an address and not a PO box, mm-hmm. even though Native Americans there don't have an actual address. They have a PO box. Uh, it's almost like they're targeting specific people. No way. You don't think so? No. Me either, Doc. I think they're just being cool and trying to protect our votes. Yeah. I think, listen, guys, Alcoholics thinks that Republicans are being pretty trill. <laughs> and they're just trying to protect our votes, dog. And don't worry about the shit they're saying, fam. They're just yeah. doing it to help us, son. Anyway, I think, I'm sorry, I couldn't think of the yeah. third one. I couldn't think of the third one. I'm just going like, to let you go as long as you're hanging <laughs> Like, I don't want <laughs> like that's that's I, it's unfortunate, but that seems to be their strategy mm-hmm. when the going gets tough. Yeah. Um, they have a rough race in Georgia. Um, they have a Senate race in in North Dakota. They're probably going to win, but it's still going to be tough because Heidi Heitkamp sometimes wins shit she's not supposed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a tough race in Arizona. They have a tough race in Florida. Um, Florida is also. I'm going to promote this. Florida's fucking... i promote this. No one's from Florida. This is funny. Uh, Florida's going to f- fucking promote... Uh, they're uh, voting on um, uh, letting felons vote, mm-hmm. which is fucking important. Like, there are huge things on this ballot, and it is super important that these people get to fucking do this. It's super important that people step out and fucking vote for these things. Um... It's also super important. One of my favorite things about voter suppression, which is what you know, when when they when they go out of their way to try to make it harder for people to vote. My favorite thing is when people vote in larger numbers because of their nonsense. Yeah, does it happen? I think it does happen. It does. I think it does happen. I yeah. I mean, I I hope so. I mean, like, cause it, it's I don't know. I just I think in twenty I I know that in twenty twelve that they tried to. Uh, they tried institute including uh, PA, which was like, uh, in fact, was it Scott Wagner? Oh my God! It was g- current gubernatorial candidate Scott Wagner who said we instituted voter ID, and now Mitt Romney will win the state of Pennsylvania. Yeah. But is it a, is it an animating issue? Like, do people see voters like voter suppression and think I want to? Sp- Stick in the eye of like I don't see people getting like excited about. It. I don't see it as yeah. much as we should. Yeah, but I do think that it exists. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that there have been numerous times where people were like, "Oh, you say I can't fucking." This is honest to me. <laughs> I think I'm doing it. I think I'm doing it just as me. Where I'm like, 
I can't fucking do that. <laughs> I'm gonna go do it right now, just because you said I couldn't. I, I do I do think that there is a there is a um, thing that puts me and and I I believe that there's uh if you look at actually, actually early voting, um, there's a lot of uh, there's a huge jump in um, early voting from um, the previous midterm to this current midterm. Um, that said, is it because they originally were unable to vote? I don't necessarily think so, <laughs> but I think that it's definitely I think that it's definitely a, a factor in people uh, stepping up and voting. Let's hope so. <laughs> um, because on the other hand, you have a lot of people for whom they don't even need a institutional deterrent to keep them from voting. <laughs> Sorry, that was my segue into the other piece that I oh sent along. Uh, yes, um, you did, yeah. and actually, I'm gonna pull this up okay. because. Uh, this made me just fucking furious. Um, so I've actually you you sent me the uh, the intelligencer. Uh, there's an article about twelve young people and why they probably won't vote. And I'm not sure if you guys, depending on who's listened to the previous podcast, I've said you should vote on every podcast. <laughs> um, leading up to this fucking midterm, I said everyone should vote, and if you don't go vote. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I think I've actually threatened people literally where I said I'm going to come to your house and just hurt you. Um, and then we got this super fun... Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> we got this super fun list of the, a person, their age, where they're from, and who they last voted for. And... Sorry, when they last voted. And it made... Me sick. <laughs> I I hated this. I hated this article. I read this article before you actually sent it to me, or I read some of it because I actually got physically ill and stopped. <laughs> and and like the, it, it still makes me so. So so we have um. I want to go through some of these. I don't want to go through all of them. I want to go through some of them, and I want to talk about like reasons people say they're not going to vote. So, first person, um, from New Jersey. Uh, Samantha. Mm-hmm. She voted in 2016. And she was super stoked to vote. I, I'm gonna, I'm giving a very... This is not what the Intelligencer wrote. I'm giving a very, very uh, brief overview of what she said. I... I, I, had a, I was real stoked to vote. I voted in 16, 2016. Loved it. I voted for Hillary Clinton. I was real stoked to have a female president. And then... It didn't happen. <laughs> so, I'm pretty turned off from voting. Yeah. How the fuck is that your normal argument? Like, that's yeah. crazy to me. I mean, I think sometimes people get too hung up on the, like, why doesn't the disillusioned voter vote? Um, mm-hmm. Like, they, because... It's a losing battle to suggest, oh, you should vote if you don't want to vote for these other these two candidates. But she was a ardent Hillary supporter. Yeah. She yeah. obviously cares. You love this, and it, it and somehow that just disappeared with the fact when it became more urgent. Mm-hmm. It's super urgent, so absolutely not. There was one person on here who I can't. I don't remember who specifically it was. They were like, you know what? Neither of the parties really give me what I want. So I'm not voting for either of them. Fine. Hey, step your ass out and run. What are you doing? <laughs> like, like, 
th- I don't yeah. I don't accept a reason to not vote. The fact that there's not 100% voter turnout to me is complete bullshit. Uh I will say this. Uh election day should be a national holiday. Mm-hmm. You should be able to uh you shouldn't have to work that day. You should be able to go and vote whenever you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, Oregon has a great system where they do mail-in ballots and their fucking voter turnout is phenomenal. And they've been doing this for like 20 years. This shouldn't be a... You can also get a text alert to make sure that your vote was counted. This shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. But it is still, right. in America, yeah. the place that seems to pretend that we're the best democracy in the world. Yeah. Why is this such an issue with us? It's... It's hard to put your finger on, but I do think that there are a lot of reasons why, like as you said, we haven't made it easy to vote um, in a lot of cases for a lot of people. The people profiled in this story, on the other hand, fucking these people. Do you have a specific easy. person in this? Okay, the guy are... that was my least favorite was the guy who teaches at Cooney. Um, <laughs> he's a wait. He teaches. I think he. I don't think he's like a full professor or anything. I don't think he is either because he didn't fucking vote. Um, yeah, I mean, my thing about him was he just, he seems to be coming up with, like, doing a lot of philosophizing to justify him not voting. Like, it seems to be, he doesn't agree with the, the whole system. He doesn't agree with the act of voting in What general. system? What specific system? The democratic system? You know, I think you'd have to ask him. <laughs> I would love to. But he literally I have a lot of questions. For a while, I thought it was an immoral act to vote. I have a lot of questions for so, Thomas so from he, fucking New York. I mean, the thing is, he says that he votes when he feels animated by a, a candidate, and I think he mentions. Can I say he 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 had to vote for Teach Out, right? What he voted in twenty eighteen in the Democratic primary, so he yeah. voted for Teach Out. Yeah, well, he voted for Cynthia Nixon, he mentioned specifically. He also voted, yeah. He voted for Cynthia Nixon, I bet he voted for Teach Out, which is fine. Oh, so you know what? We're about to diverge, unfortunately. Okay. Um, We have have liberals in the Democratic Party. We... we always we uh, I think that there's a lot of media attention uh, given g- media attention given to uh, Republicans that are splitting off mm-hmm. where it's like well they want this one and this one, they want this one so the Republican Party is fractured mm-hmm. the Democratic Party is fractured as for hell. sure yeah that's part of the reason that we lost the 20, uh, 2016 election mm-hmm. that's part of the reason that we had this like. Uh, Situation where Hillary Clinton's getting fucking booed on the floor of the of the DNC yeah. when she's the goddamn nominee. Yeah. Like we we have this. It's really it's really quiet for it's really quiet for uh, Democrats and it's super prominent for Republicans yeah. because they they deal with it and they they know they have the media scrutiny mm. at that time where Democrats really kind of don't. Yeah, and I think this is super important. Democrats really do this thing where if their primary candidate doesn't win, they take their ball and go home. Yeah. And it's honestly super important for Democrats to like, uh, yes, sometimes things don't work out the way we want them to. I know that a lot of times things don't work out the way I want them to. Mm-hmm. I voted for um, I voted for Katie McGinty uh, in the, was it 2016? Yeah, the senator. 
No, no, no. Yeah, it was 2016. Yeah. Um, uh, I, no, no. Actually, you know what? I voted for Denny Wolf's. Uh, Denny Wolf is the 2018 Democratic candidate of the uh, 9th district. I voted for his opponent, Laura Quick. Okay. Uh, and guess what? I'm still gonna vote for the fucking Democrat in the race. We we keep doing this thing where we are yeah. like, our candidate didn't win, so no, 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 no. But we don't think of the consequences of what happens when uh, this other person gets elected and has the power to institute change in, at a monumental level. Yeah. I, you know, I going back to this guy, like he, <laughs> this you know, I actually, guy, I actually have more respect for a person who would just say like, eh, I just don't like neither. I don't want to vote for either of these candidates. He says, you know it. It means we're giving our approval to a system that I totally don't want to validate. Does he think by not, if enough people just didn't vote, it would change the system? I think that, I think that, because, I think like, that people do think that, actually. They think, oh, if we just get enough people not to care, if I don't care enough, they'll be like, oh, we got to change the system to get these people to care. I think an incredible amount of people think that. And, but and, not and, enough to change the fucking system. But, and then the thing is, like, even if you don't approve of the system, it's the fucking system we got. Try to make it as good good for people while, like, as you can do. while you, you while we have it. You know, within what we have. Here's what you do: you pick people that will change that system. You there vote you for go. people that change that. Yeah. You know what? You know who I want to vote for? I want to vote for a Democrat that stands up and says, "You know what we need in the United States of America? Rather than uh, first of the post races mm-hmm. for each house uh, district, we need proportional representation. We need a PR system. Yeah, where we put candidates in a list." You pick the you pick the party. Mm-hmm. They do what you want them to do. I huh, I just lost a lot of viewers <laughs> because they're like, yeah. "What the fuck did he just say?" <laughs> Absolutely not. I want to pick my candidate. Yeah. I want to pick the farmer who constantly talks about <laughs> he's a fucking farmer, and he's like, "Hey, I got this manure truck. I'm a farmer." I'm like, <laughs> "I yeah." So I mean, just this this. This was the one that really stuck out to me because it yep. was like I I, don't, I genuinely feel like we th- there's a, there's an argument to be had that if we're not convincing pe- if we're not making people like inspired to vote then that's a part of, that's a problem with the the people who are trying to get them to vote mm-hmm. you know you can't shame... There's somebody who says in here that you, you can't shame people into voting. It's a little entitled to say that. But at the same time, I think in terms of... I've been of, trying to shame literally every person who listens it, but to this podcast. I think it, it, that's valid in sort of strategic terms, that people don't want to be scolded into voting. You know? I and get I think that. that in strategic terms, it makes more sense to try to give a message, a, a vision of the future that people respond to and want to get out there and support. Now, is that an excuse for these people who just didn't want to, like, mail a thing in or uh, go down to the, the polling place? It's not a good excuse. If I was talking to this person one-on-one, I would be like, no, that's not a good enough excuse. Go yeah. get your ass and vote. But I think if we're thinking about these in terms of, like, how do we actually get people to vote, you have to take some of this stuff to heart and be like, yeah. how are we going to make these people actually want to? Because they're not going to do it if they don't want to. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um... I will also say that I don't agree. (laughs) No, like, I get what you're saying. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. We can't just scold people into voting, which is what I've been trying to do for a very long time. Where I will, I will scold, I will scold you, I will shame you. I will just, I will just straight 
destroy you. <laughs> vote. Fucking vote. Yeah. And I don't care. Like, I do care who you vote for, but I don't. Fucking vote. Yeah. Don't sit at home and don't do shit and then complain about shit for me. I don't care. I'm not listening. <laughs> like, <laughs> if, you're, if you're not voting, I'm not listening to you about your nonsense complaints. But... I see. I, I think you're absolutely right that there are definitely people that are like disillusioned with the with the prospect of mm-hmm. of like these are the people that I have to vote for. Right. This is the situation that I'm in, so I have to follow this situation. I I don't think that's necessarily what should be the case. However, however, you're in the system that you're in. Mm-hmm. So how do you change the system that you're in? You change the system from within. Yeah. So you step up, you you support candidates who are willing to change the system for you, and if, you, if they're not, you give a good reason as to why you're not voting for them. You're like, you know what? No one here is actually going to change, overhaul the system like I thought they were. Yeah. That's fair. That's a fair criticism of people. No one's going to... Uh, no one's gonna give me the give me, say give me the things that I thought that they were gonna like they, they promised. Mm-hmm. No one's going to step up and step up and change the change the situation that I thought we were in. That's fair. Uh, when people are just like, it's Tuesday. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my my leg hurts. I'm tired, and I know that we're gonna go for. I know that my fucking district is going for Dan Muser, the guy who doesn't live in the district. That we're gonna vote for Dan Muser. I'm gonna vote for Denny Wolf because I think it's super important to have your fucking voice heard. It's invor- It's important for everyone, and I know that a lot of people just seem to like not get how important casting a ballot is. But that's that is a fundamental, a fundamental part of being a citizen of the United States. And it's to wrap it back around to the other piece. It's a fundamental part that a lot of people are kept from doing mm-hmm. and a lot of people are threatened for doing threatened for doing and so i mean if, if you if all you got to do a is walk bus, out of the post office then you should bus that. filled with minorities mm-hmm. removed from that bus in georgia because they were going to yeah. go cast a ballot this is the thing these these are the things that happen to people who are trying to exercise their fucking Civic duty. Yeah, this is a constant thing that happens, and I, I, <laughs> one Brian Kemp shouldn't be the fucking secretary <laughs> of state in Georgia, where he's like, hey, you know what my job is? Count these fucking votes. <laughs> Count these fucking votes. I just, it is, it is bonkers to me, like the 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 level that people go. To try to stop people from voting, yeah. the 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 Jim Crow era shit that they try to pull up. Yeah, like I'm waiting for when someone's like, "There's a there's a poll tax now." I mean, it's it, isn't in so many cases voter ID just another form of a yes a poll tax? because yeah. voter ID yeah. uh, disproportionately affects minorities. It disproportionately affects minorities. It in 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 areas where they where they're possibly going to change the status quo. Mm-hmm. And that happens in an, in an upsetting amount where you're like, this is nonsense. This is this is not something that should happen. But we live in here. <laughs> and Do you usually try to end on a laugh? 
Yeah, you know me. <laughs> you know how much I love. You know how much I love jokes on this comedy podcast. <laughs> Our world's a nightmare. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I thought it. You know what? I was gonna say. Never mind. No, please. <laughs> Do you have something? No. Okay. <laughs> I really thought you had really something. Yeah. I will end it on this. Um, please. For the love of God. <laughs> Go vote. Like, I, you have the right to do so. Why not? What is what is the negative to this? I my The worst thing that can happen is your opponent wins. Mm-hmm. You still got to cast a vote. You still got to have a say in the democracy. There is no negative to this. To me. Do you have a negative? No. <laughs> I thought you were like, no. you know what? You know what, by the way, guys? No, I was... Vote, the, my, my vote's face, bullshit. My face was... The guy makes a good point. That was my face. That was what I was trying to say. That makes a good point. <laughs> um, I want to end on the midterms. Uh, we didn't do the midterms yet. No, Don. <laughs> oh God, there's more. <laughs> one more. One more, and we're done. One more, and we're done. How I long promise. Where's it going, man? I don't know. Don't worry about it. What's Shut your up. longest episode? Um. Oh, I think it's. I think it got close to two hours. We're close to two hours, man. We're not. Yes, we we're are. Not. I we promise absolutely you. are. We are currently at one hour and forty. Shit, we're close. <laughs> all right. We're, all right. Real, one. One real quick topic, and then we're done. Okay. I promise. Yeah. Um. Midterms. Super quick. <laughs> Yeah, all of them. <laughs> We're gonna run down race by race. Race super by quick. quick. <laughs> um, Senate's co- uh, Senate, uh, according to five thirty eight, uh, Republicans have an eighty three point four percent chance of winning that Senate. So yeah. Democrats, relax. We're not getting that um, House. However, eighty five point nine percent chance of winning that House. Keep in mind that uh, HuffPost gave a ninety eight percent chance of Clinton winning the presidency. Um, now I know that I know that Nate Silver attacked. Uh, Huff Post for that. Yeah. It's pretty upset. Um, what district do you live in? Me? Yes. I don't know the name of it. I know that. What uh, number is Susan it? Susan Wilde and. You have uh, Susan Wilde? Yeah. New, freshly. Uh, Susan so Wilde 7. Mar- yeah. Um, so yeah, this is a newly created district. I guess all, most of them all are. Them are. Because, all so, of them yeah. are. We had um, the, we had the, the, the districts were redrawn because they were completely unfair. Yep. Um, and they were completely biased towards uh, Republicans. Yeah, and this was very apparent in the Lehigh Valley, where the region known to everyone as the Lehigh Valley mm-hmm. just snaked around the liberal enclave of Easton. Uh, <laughs> so Charlie Dent, who was a moderate Republican yeah. who resigned this year, yeah. long held that seat. Um, his district newly includes uh, Eastern Pennsylvania, where where I live. So, so it's Susan Wilde and Marty Nothstein. According uh, to five thirty eight, you have a very good chance of flip, uh, winning that district. Yep. And uh, I've in been, fact, I've not just winning that district, flipping the district. So Susan Wilde actually has a great uh, slogan, which I see every day on my way to work because I pass by her Eastern campaign office. Is it better than "I'm a fucking farmer, vote for me"? No, it's not better than that. <laughs> but it is. Um, the uh, there should be a wild woman in the house. There we go. <laughs> yeah. There we go. You know what? This is uh, this is an alcoholics announcement. We're actually uh, we're alcoholics is a pro Susan Wilde podcast. <laughs> okay, I didn't know I was uh, giving my endorsement. Oh no, you, this is listen. This is, this is my podcast. I'm picking that. That's 
That's the scene I want. Yeah. Um, we have uh, Denny Wolf who's running mm-hmm. in the... Uh, now, Denny Wolf dunked on me on Twitter pretty recently. <laughs> I thought it was on Facebook. It was Facebook. Yeah. Uh, he did. He dunked on me on Facebook real hard. Um, he... <laughs> I... Okay. I don't like that Democrats are just pretending that we're, we're these rural, uh, back mountain, uh, like... We're these... You're, you're from... Just run! Run on the shit that you believe Wait, in. so is Denny not a farmer? No, he's totally a farmer. Okay, then why... What's the pretending about it? Like, you say <sighs> pretending. He's not... Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to put this in a way that's not, like, crazy, but... But I just... I get that you're a farmer. <laughs> you don't have to tell me every five minutes you're a farmer. I actually got a Denny Wolf mailer, which literally was just like, I'm a farmer from... From Millville, I was been I've been a farmer for this long, and my family has been farmers. And I read how many times he put farmer in there, and I legitimately was like, I might not vote. <laughs> <laughs> I I just couldn't I couldn't deal with it. I I am I'm, I'm actually just kind of jealous. But yeah, but in like a firmly like a firmly Republican district, that's fair to say that this yeah. is like the night. What is, else are you gonna do? Like you can't yeah, talk I about issues. I know what else you're gonna do, but the yeah. here we go. And this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, let's go back to talking about how we're tailoring things to our audience. Yeah. And like you know how the, the we did the media conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't like that we're just tailoring our, I like, this is what we're going to do, and it's going to work out for me. That's politics, though. I know like, it's politics. It's cynical, it's but bullshit. it's true. Like, it's bullshit. You want to run? Run on your fucking ideas. I think that his ideas are great. I think that... I think you should govern on your ideas. You should run on what t- it takes to win. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, wait. <laughs> wait. Are you... See, I disagree strongly. I think that you should... I think that... I And I think that this is important for... I think that people should be a more... A, well, uh, a well-educated electorate so that they don't let this nonsense happen. But I think that you should be able to... Uh, be able to say, like, here are the things that I believe in. Here's what my plans are. That's what happened with... That's what was 2016. It was one person saying... Here's what my plans are. I have a 42-point plan to change this. Here are my points. And then there's the other side that's like, immigrants are taking our jobs. And how did that turn out? It didn't turn out well. So, I mean, what are... But she got the most votes. (laughs) What you're arguing against is, like, just human nature, though, is to... I mean, we have to take things as they are or not. I mean, I think that you should... Like I said, I think you should govern in the way that you think things should be. But campaigning, you have to do whatever it takes to win. Is that so? Okay, I I, I get that. I get that. <laughs> I mean, of course, there are certain like caveats. Well, yeah, there's not thing. I mean, you shouldn't. There are lines that you shouldn't cross. Which lines? Um, whatever the fuck Trump is doing. <laughs> like, are you like, <laughs> like when 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 you're running and you're like, hey. A bunch of people are coming to steal your jobs. Yeah, you, you uh, but should, they're a thousand miles away. This and is won't. what I'm saying. This is the same. You, you should be truthful. You, you, okay. Yeah, you you should be honest. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean like your campaign should be the equivalent of a PowerPoint presentation. You know, you you can use honesty in ways that conjures 
I've, I've used this term already, but a vision of the future that people respond to. Yeah. So that isn't the same thing as just laying out a plan. Plan. I mean, we've seen it. Plans don't aren't what inspire people. Yes, so, plans don't inspire people. Well, the problem is sometimes people should fucking vote for plans. They should. I wish they did. <laughs> We're on the same page that we wish they did, but right. I just... I, I don't... I, I, I agree, and that's, yeah. I mean, if we're talking about, if we're talking about apathy and voters, we're yeah. talking about people who are like, I'm disillusioned with the process, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily just because they're like, um, well, this person didn't do all the things for me, it's just like, they don't inspire me. I think that you're absolutely right. I think that there are a lot of cases where, you know, people don't give what people are looking for. Hillary Clinton didn't give... So sorry, I hate Trump. I love you so much. Um, people didn't read the her message didn't resonate with everybody. Mm-hmm. She didn't have a a campaign that felt like this is for me. I want like this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I think that you'll do everything that I do. I, I think that and it hurts because you know part of it is because people have been trained to hate her since the nineties. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> This but, isn't a hate on Hillary. No, I no, thing. I love Hillary. Yeah. If you yeah. listen to the last podcast, I love Hillary <laughs> way more than anyone yeah. should. Um, <laughs> but I guess, uh, uh, like, like it, it's 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 super important. I I, I agree. Mm-hmm. It's very important that there's a message. I think that's what what makes Beto work so uh, so um, uh, popular. And it makes it so unfortunate that he's running in fucking Texas. <laughs> yeah, right? If Ben O'Rourke was running in Pennsylvania, yeah. we'd do it. Well, I mean, he's, who would he he's run? He's going to primary Casey. He's going to primary Casey. I love, listen, we want Beto. We want Beto. Beto, Beto. Like, I think, I think that, I think that it's, it's rough when you have, like, if Ben O'Rourke was running in Tennessee, I think he'd have a better shot than Phil Bredesen yeah. does. Even though. Taylor Swift was like, listen, y'all. Ending my silence. <laughs> I've been real quiet, y'all, but let me tell you something. You know what? I, like, the whole Taylor Swift thing just like boggles my mind. What just, thing, specifically? The way... How much, how invested people were in her silence for so long. Like, See, that's nonsense to me. I think that's, that's willful ignorance. Wait, she's a is. she's a pop star. Yeah, you know whose side she's on. I mean, even if you don't, it's like we we are investing far t- too much credibility in yeah. celebrities, and it's how we got Trump. Is like the 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 obsession with what the people who we see and um, are familiar and comfortable with. Yeah, what we the stock we give them. To determine and guide us in politics is so obscene. It's like it's kind of <laughs> where it's just like, you know, it would be, you know, for a lot of people, it would be nice if she had come out and supported Hillary Clinton, which I, she probably did, but it it shouldn't have, like, her. The, the the fact that we were hanging on that so much, and that people because she didn't do that, people were like legitimately like inspiring that she was like a secret white nationalist. <laughs> secret white nationalist. He's like, what are you why are you spending your time on this man? Like By the way, I have a, my uh my next show for my new band, Secret White Nationalist. <laughs> I I think I just I think that I think that it's uh we we live in a weird time mm-hmm. where it's very conspiratorial. Mm-hmm. 
So yes. we have like this thing where we're like, what's going on with everybody all the yeah. time? And and if anyone does anything like kind of in a way that we're like, this isn't, mm-hmm. we immediately jump on that conspiracy conspiracy yeah. bandwagon. Like people, I I've listened to like liberals tell me weird things that Trump is definitely doing. Um, that he's doing it in a, in a way that's like, he's doing this on purpose. Yeah. He's trying to change our, I'm like, he's not that smart, guys, relax. Yeah. He's not. There's no 40 chess there's, going on. There's <laughs> no 40 chess. Yeah. It's literally just yeah. a guy like, why don't you just like me? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me that you like me. Yeah. Well, I also like the attention when you don't like me. Yeah. Um, so, well, we totally... So this was about the midterms, right? <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. This is totally about the midterms. Um, let me just end with this. <laughs> because this is definitely about the midterms. We didn't go yeah. off track. Nope. Yeah. No, no. Um, and we don't have a room full of people like, hey, are we playing Waiting for fucking, us to... Are we <laughs> fucking game yeah. or are you guys going to keep talking about nothing? Um, I'll end with this. I think that it's super important. Yeah. I think it's very important that the electorate is well informed and I think that if you don't vote I'm gonna come to your fucking house I'm gonna hurt you there you go Andrew you got anything I don't think I can top that do you have anything coming up when's your next uh, are you guys taping a podcast soon I wish we, every week we have the like oh are you free on Monday no I'm free on Tuesday oh I'm free on Thursday okay we're free on Thursday let's, let's plan for Thursday 9.30 on Thursday night comes around and we're like, oh, we're still doing this. One of us is like, oh, yeah, no. Can you? Okay, that's rough. Yeah. And I really want to hear another episode. Yeah, I would love to By the way, it's Bad Press. Yeah, it is. If you search it, you'll find it. Yeah. Bad Press, it's the first thing that comes up. It is. Which is pretty dope. When I started this podcast, uh, Alcoholics was not the first thing that comes up. Uh, it was a podcast about, you know, being an alcoholic. <laughs> Which was rough yeah. for me, specifically. <laughs> I'm like, hey, uh, no, this isn't for people who have a problem. This is for, this is for a person who... This is for, this, is for, this is for people who have many problems. Many problems. A lot of problems. A lot of problems. Um, uh, yeah. No, seriously. Le- I would really like to hear... Um, I really like to hear your... I encourage everyone who listens to this to go check out uh, uh, Bad Press. It's on Apple Podcasts. We just put out an episode that we recorded... Three months ago. <laughs> oh, was, was that the September episode? Wait, no. No, I, I swear to goodness. Yeah. I'm pretty sure your last episode you put out was the John McCain episode. No, we just put out another one. And when? It was, it was, we recorded it in, yeah, it must have been September or something. Wait, maybe it was the John McCain episode? <laughs> I think it, it was. It feels so long it was, ago. It was. You're I, right. <laughs> I know it was. It's so long ago. I, that I was like, you. oh, no, that must have been a previous one. No, I we talked you. about we talked about John McCain, Louis C.K., and Succession. Yes. Um, and so it's a, it's a I'll say this. I'll say this. Um, I'll say this. Uh, John, We talked about John McCain on this podcast. Uh, he was a controversial figure who should be seen as a controversial figure. Mm-hmm. And the media shouldn't adore him. However, they should still admire him for what he's gone through and done. However, oh, and you know what? I'll say it. <laughs> and I know they're not going to listen. <laughs> Unless you tell them to listen. By the way, tell them to fucking listen. You have two black women on that podcast. <laughs> Neither one of them said a thing about Martin Luther King Day. And that's fucking crazy oh, to me. Fucking crazy. We had plenty of other things to harp on about no, that guy. No, yeah. no, no, no. 
Unforgivable, ladies. Unforgivable. They're going to hurt me, right? Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. good. Okay, there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, seriously. Uh, bad, bad press on Apple Podcasts. Is it on Spotify as well? I think just Apple Podcasts. No, it's on... It's on... I don't think it's on Spotify. Maybe it is. It might be on Spotify. This is good radio, right? <laughs> good. Me Find thinking it. about it. Listen on that's just fucking. It's definitely find, on Google Play. Go find that fucking podcast. <laughs> go find that fucking podcast. Um, I want to thank Andrew Nerfler for being here. Thanks uh, for having thank me. Thank you, uh, cousin-in-law. I guess. Yeah, Maybe? you could say that. What yeah. are we? We're cousins. Right. <laughs> I guess. In law, I don't know what the word. You don't are. call your cousins. Husband, your cousin-in-law. You just say that's one. That's my cousin, right? It's like a, an uncle who marries in is still your uncle, right? Is it? You don't. Call I it, don't know how that works. I've always called it like my the the man who married my mom's sister is my uncle. Yeah. Right. Not my uncle-in-law. It. it yeah. Well. <laughs> we can cut this out. <laughs> can we? <laughs> the the other room is like. Yeah. Are they just going through genealogy? What's happening? <laughs> Um, yeah, we have an audience. I yeah. This is the first live podcast. This is honestly the first live show where no one can hear how everyone's like, "What the fuck are they talking about? What's happening?" With them? Um, thank you very much for joining Absolutely. me. I appreciate it so much. Um, I do hope that you enjoy uh, your hobo beer. And I enjoyed them. I enjoyed three of them. <laughs> thank you very much. I'm gonna ride the rails all the way home. <laughs> I'm gonna ride the rails all the way home. We're playing another game, right? I don't know. It's at 11.15. I don't give a shit what time it is. We're playing another game. Okay. Um, thank you very much for joining yep. me. Um, I guess Andrew Durfler. I'm Turin Myricks. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you for nailing my last name. Like, that's the something that not everyone does. Durf Turf, baby! <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yep. <laughs> of course, absolutely. Um, Andrew Durfler. Uh, Turin Myricks. Thank you for listening. Uh, cheers. <laughs>